I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the second episode of Character Unlock, where me and my buddy John are going to sit and have a chat about some things. We're going to talk some VR, we're going to talk a little bit about Forza and Forza Horizon and racing and games in general, and a, a bit of a triple bill for racing at the end. I am hosting today, so I'm Andrew Brooker, and like I said, my, my good buddy John is with me. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Hi, Mr. Brooker, you we we done all right episode one. We might actually get more than one person listening for episode two, mate. We we could be okay. No messing around today. Straight into the news. And there's not much news again. Silly season has begun. I have given up my first game of Silly Season to come sit and record with you, my friend. So Gears of War 4 is staring at me from my television waiting for me to go and play it. But Yeah, there's much more important things happening right now. The only real bit of news, I think, really, as I was going through, was uh, the review embargo for PlayStation VR and some of its games has gone up so we get to see what people think of the technology what people think of the hardware and some of the games associated with it because you had a little play of vr the other week didn't you at egx yeah i did um i'm gonna say i enjoyed the playstation vr from what i played of it i only played three maybe four games at most none of them are really delved into for any of the reviews that i've seen out there i guess they're games that haven't actually been launched for it yeah i mean the uh, the hardware seemed to do really well most of the reviews i read praised it and you know so considering it's it's an out-of-the-box thing, so you don't need a super powerful PC to run it and, and that kind of shit, it, the reviews I've read have said it's pretty good. Not great, you know, not perfect. And it, it does have a few barriers for entry, like you've got eye problems or you're disabled in many and buried ways, you're going to have problems using it. But it's certainly not the best of the kit that I think has been released for VR, but it, I think it's up there as some of the best. And I know a lot of people have sung its praises, and several people, people that I trust haven't. Jim Sterling quite famously has ripped into PSVR got a bit quite a bit of shit yesterday for calling them privilege goggles <laughs> which I think is amazing and that's I'm absolutely going to use that from here on in let's be honest PlayStation VR at its near 400 pound you know value just to buy it that you don't even get the console with so this is of course the problem so the the, the hardware seems to have fared relatively well in reviews I've not played on I've not played on it yet there are a couple of games I kind of want to play on it but certainly not enough to spend 350 notes on but the the quick run through says a couple of big ones Batman Arkham VR be the Batman in virtual reality it's fared quite well apparently it's a really good Batman experience I think the average is somewhere around 7 out of 10 as a as a review score I know you can't always tell too much from a review score but it seems to have done quite well it's one of the the better received experiences on VR well uh, 7 out of 10 is often seen as being the average, but yeah. bordering on 
almost terrible in, in gaming world anyway yeah 7 out of 10 i think is a good score well, 7 out of 10 is a good score it's above average it's good we'll probably touch on this as we talk about a couple of the other games but you're not going to get perfect games or you're not going to get many perfect games for a new system this early on batman vr is one of the more high profile ones because it's batman i i don't know an awful lot about it so i don't know if if Rocksteady are behind it. Well, apparently uh, it's quite short. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I think this is going to be a running theme for this. these games. Are. I think a lot of them are going to play like tech demos. And this goes on kind of what we were talking about the other week when we were saying you know, these games and this technology is going to be treated like the Move or like Connect, where most of the early games for it, they play like tech demos. Demos for tech that we already have. It feels like a waste of time. And I certainly, you know, most of these games when they release, they're going to be full price games, mate. I'm not spending 40, 50 quid on a two-hour game. Fuck no. Well, I bought Connect Star Wars along with the Connect then. The important question there is, was it worth it for Connect Star Wars? I think I played it for about 20 minutes, and I don't think wow. I played it since, because wow. I felt like a complete toolbox playing with it. Solid and, investment there, Mr. Miller. And it's entirely possible that people picking up VR at the moment for the near £400 that it is are going to feel a bit silly when they've only got six games to play, each of them only lasting about 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, there, there is kind of that new console thing. Like Everyone, when they, buys a new con- when they buy a new console, there's only a few games out for them. But I, I do think this is going to be like the move, and when the move came out and you had sports champions and that was about it. And there's only so much you can play frisbee golf in your living room before you get bored and go back to playing Uncharted. I mean, moving on, we had PlayStation VR Worlds, which by definition I think is a tech demo. So it's a collection of mini-games, I think. Heavily built with the Source engine. It does not look very good. And most, most reviews have not been kind to that. One to avoid I think if we consider picking up VR in the future, uh, yeah. along with Super Hypercube, I don't even know what this is, but it looks like shit. Uh, I'm looking at a couple of screenshots. It looks a bit like Child of Eden, but crap. It looks and like uh, Child of Eden was pretty crap. It looks luck based rather than skill. That's that's not what I want in a game. I don't want a, essentially Candy Crush full size because Candy Crush is entirely luck based. You, there's no skill involved. Sure, you have to press the, the one that you think is going to give you the most points at the time, but there's no way of knowing what's going to come in. It's not like Tetris where it tells you the next piece. And then we got Thumper. I don't even know what Thumper is. Apparently, it's a rhythm, you know, music rhythm game. The kind of thing actually like VR would be built for. And are very nice visuals that keep you kind of you can look around and and the visuals will follow you around and you don't have to concentrate too much on gameplay. That seems like where VR should be going. Seems to have scored quite well. Seems to have been very well received. The list I'm looking at, GameSpot, I know a lot of people will, will look down their nose at a GameSpot review, but GameSpot have given it 9 out of 10. That can't be too bad. And the only other one that I'm reading is actually is the only one that's disappointed me a little bit, and that's the Rush of Blood add-on for Until Dawn. Until Dawn's quite a, a well, it's a very well-received horror game from last year, and this, this VR add-on has been, a lot of people have been excited for it, and it looks like Evil Clowns, which I'm definitely up for. Apparently it's not very good. Apparently it's not very good at all, and it's over way too quick, and it's really predictable, and plays like shit. That's really sad. Now, speaking of someone who is too scared to play most horror games, so uh, I actually went out of my way, and I bought a PlayStation 4 specifically to play Until dawn and seeing that there was a vr title for it i got a little excited but now looking into it no definitely not glad that's glad that's disappointing i'm really sad about it because good horror games are few and far between you know there have been a couple and this one kind of vr and horror is seems like something that should 
go hand in hand. Apparently not. You know, we saw Resident Evil, Resident Evil 7, and it comes with Kitchen, the, the Kitchen demo that Capcom have been showing off. Maybe that's where we get a horror kick when we go for the VR. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all, all the news I could muster up, really. There's, like I said, there's not much going on. I mean, we picked the wrong time to do this, really. All the announcements have been done. All the release dates have been done trailers are done there's outside the silly season there's nothing really going on there's there's nothing new happening in the gaming world until february time when you're actually going to get maybe one or two announcements for games coming out towards the end of the year or confirmations that games are coming are existing or rather in development at the moment we're just going to be focusing on review embargoes coming up because we're not getting these games i find it interesting that all these playstation review embargoes have come up for vr the embargoes still uh it hasn't hit for Drive Club VR yet. And it's interesting that not much has been said about Drive Club VR. That's because it's going to be about as good as the rest of Drive Club. Well, the thing is, Drive Club now is actually not a bad game. Well, we will definitely talk about this a little bit more later on when when we get to our main topic. But Drive Club, famously now, when it came out, was a, a broken fucking mess of a game. It was absolutely ghastly. But now as a game, as a racing game, it's not bad. There are a couple of things, and for me, the thing is, the game has such a bad reputation that surely that should be be out along you know we should be getting advanced warning that that game is good or bad i would like advanced warning it doesn't bother me i'm not buying it but it would be good to have advanced warning as to whether or not that game is good or bad because you know sony should be trying to reassure their customers and by them delaying the the reviews and i know this isn't always the way when it comes to review embargoes it, it isn't yeah this year alone doom is is a is evidence of that review copies didn't go out till the day before the game came out it's one of the best games to come out this year you know so it doesn't always ring true but with Drive Club there is that that worry that suspicion that if you're not telling us if you're not letting us hear reviews for it then you know it's garbage and you don't want anybody to know it's garbage until after they've had their damn game posted out to them tomorrow because I think the game comes out the hardware comes out Thursday so two days from from while we record so So, yesterday for when the people are listening assuming they're listening to it on the day it's put out assuming I get it edited in time well I have utmost confidence in you (laughs) it's good that someone does not much else news wise like I say so I think we can we can very quickly move on. What do you think? Yep, moving on sounds like a plan. We're gonna have a uh, a what we've been playing. So do you want to? Yeah, I'll go first. There, mate. Yeah, what what have you been playing this last last couple of weeks? Last couple of weeks, I've been playing FIFA 17, a game I'm well knowledgeable in. FIFA, yes. It's exactly what I was expecting it to be, which is a massive, massive disappointment. Really? Now, it's every single iteration of FIFA. They've been almost no improvement whatsoever. They've made changes to the game which are completely unnecessary, including utilizing a new Ignite engine, which was used in Madden games. And then after the success of Rory McIlroy last year with using the Frostbite engine, they've moved on to the Frostbite engine. And you think that, well, that's going to make the game play better? I can't say it's made any difference whatsoever. But wasn't like the whole joke of them using the Frostbite engine for Rory McIlroy last year, didn't they have Battlefield-style levolutions in Rory McIlroy last year? Or am I imagining that? In one very specific map, which was... Parasol Storm, which is a okay. battlefield map, as some people may be aware. You play a path three course for 18 holes uh, on the map of Paracel Storm, which does feature a boat driving into one of the holes. Okay. I think it's actually the f- maybe the third, maybe the fourth. So uh, do we get uh, you know like the destruction of stadiums and things in FIFA? Because I might buy FIFA if that's the case. 
if you kick the ball hard enough into the crowd, it makes a, a massive hole and then the stand falls down. Seriously? Or, no, that's not what happens at all. Damn. Yeah. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I think it's literally just because they, they pushed out Frostbite onto Rory McIlroy because it's played, It's but as again, as part of the Tiger Woods franchise, it's not loved for a large portion of people. Not many people go out of their way to play a golf game. FIFA, however, is probably the largest EA Sports franchise out there. It's played all around the world. There are several million people playing it. So does it not does it not play well in Frostbite Engine? Or does it just not play any different? It's almost no different. There's still the same issues with very basic things like playing a pass. You want the pass to go to the player that's most logical to receive it, not the player who's standing offside just because he's in the most advanced left position. Okay. The game doesn't still doesn't do that. You still have the same issues with the goalkeepers themselves being pretty rubbish. They kick the ball into their own net in some cases. You can just Google and go onto YouTube and check out videos of people playing FIFA 17 and there are going to be about 150 thousand blooper reels for things that have happened. There are ones for FIFA 16 that involve players punting other players off of the pitch. Nice. So FIFA 17 probably has similar things. I was playing online with some friends during a pro club match, which is, I think there's a similar one in Madden that you may be aware of, where it's like you and a group of people plays one side, players your virtual pro as they're called. You pick a position, you play it. And one of the opposing players went for a shot, missed the ball because it had been tackled away, and kicked the defender. It was given a penalty, and a red card was given to the uh, the defender. Wow. Which just isn't right. So is this, I mean, because you say this has been going on for years with FIFA, is it something that you think they're ever going to fix, or is it you're you're destined to play dodgy soccer games until the end of time? They've been very lucky the last 10 or so years, because Pro Evolution Soccer has been pretty poor up until the last two iterations well yeah this is i mean obviously i don't know much about these and you know you know me i don't touch these games you know not not with the barge pole a couple of people i follow have said you know pez last year was infinite and i'm, I'm going to take so much abuse i know i am for saying it but pez was infinitely better than fifa last year and the only reason fifa done better was because it was fifa fifa sells based on the fact that it has the licenses People go out of their way to pay and play the game that has the licenses, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a really stupid way of doing it. So would you pick up PES next year instead of FIFA? Would you trade in your current copy of FIFA and pick up PES instead? Now you bought a PS4, because I believe on PS4 with PES you can upload mods to PES. Would you play PES on the PS4 and just upload your league teams? I would absolutely consider it. I mean, it's definitely a way to go. Last year's PES was given pretty decent review scores it played very well it was incredibly stable and it was a pretty fun game yeah. FIFA on the other hand was about the same as what it has been this year you'd think that FIFA would see that Pez was coming and go yes Frostbite's good but it's not enough they didn't see that and this year the review scores have come round and I think FIFA is trailing Pez okay. this year round it's probably the first time in since maybe Pro Evolution Soccer 5, so before they went to yearly numbers for iterations yeah. of it, this is the first time that Pro Evolution Soccer has beaten FIFA in the rating, and it looks bad on behalf of FIFA for that fact, okay. and it really proves that competition is what drives video gaming. You can't have a game go out of its way and be the only one out there. It's 
just doesn't work, which is why a lot of franchises are falling apart. But, I mean, FIFA still sells by the boatload, doesn't it, every year? You know, assuming you know, assuming we're not getting, you know, game, you know actual game-breaking issues with it, are EA just going to keep, you know, throwing money at licenses and making the grass look ever so much better every year? You know, basically what we've been getting with Madden for the past 10 years, because they... You know, Madden's always advertising something new that's not really that new. Well, FIFA's constantly advertising things that are new, which are actually being used in previous iterations of FIFA. They've just given it a different name. That tends to be what what Madden... See, I haven't touched Madden this year. For the last couple of years, I don't play Madden until it goes free on EA Access somewhere around Super Bowl time. That's a good good way to do it. And then you can play it for the couple of weeks before Super Bowl, and then a few weeks over the summer, and done. Yeah, it saves me 50 notes, and I you know, I get to play it when I want to. By the time it gets to me, it's patched up and working, any issues have been ironed out of it. But, I mean, I don't know anything about this year's Madden or this year's FIFA. I didn't realise they were using Frostbite, although it shouldn't surprise me. I don't know if they're using Frostbite for Madden. I don't Again. think they are. I think they're still on the Ignite engine. I think it's just FIFA that's getting Frostbite this year, and it's probably to check to make sure, because, well, like I said, Roy McElroy was launched because it was uh, a low-yield game, so there was low risk. FIFA, yeah. on the other hand, is probably the biggest game and therefore it presents the biggest risk and if it's deemed a success we'll get frostbite on the the thing is because obviously you know we've had this conversation in the past you know ea push frostbite for everything so as long as they're pushing frostbite for everything they had they then had this massive pool of people that can use the engine and they can move people around studios quite easily if everyone's using the same engine so what have you been playing then mr brooker so so i i uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna start this off by saying a couple of years back when I first bought first version of this game first of this what hopefully doesn't turn into a franchise the game was dog shit but I really enjoyed it it was using the Unreal Engine so you, you know, even when it, it looked a bit shit it still played the multiplayer when you played it felt like old Battlefield 2 and it was a lot of fun and it was one of the few games at the time that I was playing on the Xbox you know, I, I chased some of the hardest multiplayer achievements I've ever chased playing this game because I had a shitload of fun with it. And it was Homefront, made by Chaos Studios. An interesting idea, it was, you know, quotes made by, you know, written by the guys that wrote Red Dawn and Apocalypse Now. Bollocks, but anyway. Homefront 2, or Homefront the Revolution, came out a few months ago, and I, I kind of wanted to play it because I really enjoyed it. But I refused to pay money for it because at least one reviewer that I trust gave it a 1 out of 10. So that, well, yeah, I'm not buying that. So I rented it and I started it on Sunday. It's going back tomorrow and I'm not going to bother finishing it. That bad. Well, the problem is it's not shit, but it's not good. It's just a, it's a middling game. And there's this lovely website I use. I think it's called How Long to Beat. And it just tells you how long it would take if you wanted to run through the story of a game. So, for example, Homefront 1, it tells you four and a half hours, which is about right. I think it took me four to five hours to do Homefront 1. This one, it says 11 and a half hours. And after two hours of playing it at the weekend, I went, I can't deal with that. Not be- Again, not because it's shit. You know, the shooting's solid. The gameplay's all right. It's just feckin' boring. I haven't got time to sit, to, to waste 12 hours on a game that's boring the pants off of me. But the thing with this game, right, and, and this was what, what really started to wind me up. I've had a couple of gunfights, and I've done a little bit, you know, I've, I've liberated areas, because this is basically North Korea invades Far Cry. Okay. It, you're in you're in Philadelphia. You're occupied by the Korean People's Army, the KPA, and you're now a rebel when you're fighting against these people. So you have to liberate areas of Philadelphia. So a bit like, you know, when you unlock areas in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, so you have to do, you have to get safe points and 
sabotage scenes and turn on radios and take down propaganda stuff and all that kind of shit to liberate areas and that's fine but the problem is right you run back and forth between all these checkpoints and do things and it wasn't that fun anyway you have this like with far cry if a bad guy sees you and they, they're alerted and all of a sudden everyone's shooting at you the problem is if you just run in a straight line from checkpoint to checkpoint you never have to get in a gunfight uh Okay, so, so every, it's a shooter that doesn't involve any shooting. It's a shooter where you can avoid all the shooting. Every time somebody shot at me, I just carried on running towards my objective and they ignored me after 10 seconds. Wow, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's pretty poorly put together. I'm not entirely sure, but it is being, it is made by it's made by a studio they're called Dan Buster Studios, which among their many and varied iterations, I believe at one point they were Crytek UK. It will Probably be running the, the CryEngine. I think it is on the CryEngine. It does not look good and it does not behave like the CryEngine. At one point, I snuck up on a guard. It's a bit like, you know, a bit like the old Assassin's Creed games where you wander around and it says, you know, save the citizen from a dude beating them up or something. So you walk up and I snuck up behind this guy and the sneaking is another thing. I'll come to that in a sec. But I snuck up behind this guy and just as I was about to knife him, he just vanished. He didn't run away. He didn't turn and walk off. One frame he was there. I went to stab him and the next frame he wasn't. And suddenly I liberated these people. <laughs> Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and the sneaking. So this is a game where a large portion of it is running around at night. You have to sneak into areas and hack terminals and things. There's no actual proper discernible cover system in this game at all. It's just duck behind wall, you know. And we're talking, we're, we're years removed from things like Battlefield, having good cover systems, from Gears of War, inventing the third-person cover shooter. You know, this this game is just, it's a mess of hot shit. It's just awfulness. It's back in the envelope and gets sent back tomorrow. I don't want to play anymore. It's guff. If you if your game is that bad, don't release it. If you're at a point where your game is is irreparable, but you need to get it out to try and salvage a bit of cash, don't try and sell it to me for forty five fifty pounds. A good example of how bad this this game is. A month after it came out, it was on its eighty pound ultimate version was on sale on the Xbox Store. For 25 quid. You know what? I was tempted for 25 quid for that and the season pass and all that. I was like, I could give that a go. I'm fucking glad I didn't because <laughs> what a bag of cold jizz that game is. Apparently you can get it for 18 right now at Tesco. No, I'm good. They can keep it. <laughs> They'd have to give me the £18 to take it. So what you're saying is, is that we've both managed to waste two weeks playing games that we really wish we weren't playing. I'm not entirely sure that's true. Well, that's what it seems like to anyone who's listening right now. Well, yeah, but we've also both, and we're going to touch on this one briefly because at some point I think deserves maybe an episode all on its own or an episode that we can center on it somehow if we get that far. But we've also both played and finished Deus Ex recently. Yes, we did. And that took a lot longer than it really should have done to do to play, considering how long it's been out. Yeah, considering it was one of the few digital games that I've pre-ordered this year, it was on my box midnight on release day, and I only finished it Saturday night. <laughs> I'm not quite that bad. I've managed to finish it twice in the in the in the time same time frame, and I'm planning on a third and maybe even a fourth to do a bit of clean up afterwards. Yeah, see, I I don't want to I don't want to shit on Deus Ex because I really really like franchise and I really enjoyed Mankind Divided. I just I'm not as enthused by it as I was by Human Revolution. I I want to go back and play it, but Human Revolution the second I finished it, second I got past the credits, I I went straight back and I started my next game and I cracked on and I I'd done another, you know, 
12 hour playthrough this one i finished it uh i fucked up my ending because i'm a complete imbecile i mean i'll go i've got my save i'll go back and fix that later on that's not a problem because that then ended the game i went okay i'm i'm good i'll wait <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, like i say i'm not saying for a second it's bad i really enjoyed it it's more of the same which is all i wanted out of Deus X, or all i wanted out of mankind divided but it was just more of the same i couldn't get as enthused over that as i did over human revolution and stealth games for me we've got bigger coming this year yeah well you see i'm not a, as much a bigger fan of said stealth game as <laughs> what you are i won't even mention it i really see, just don't want its existence see you know on foul critics owen is not allowed on episodes that talk about star wars i might just sit and talk to myself for two hours about dishonored when it comes out so yeah i mean i, I really enjoyed it i i thought it was very good i thought the story was was interesting and obviously you know it's, it's got a lot of things that ring true in today's society i suppose oh yeah, it's a uh, definitely it's a political statement oh for sure but in, the in thing itself with AFX was it always was you know even back in the day with its original one it, it was it was heavily it was a heavy political statement when it was made but i knew only person talking about as you talk mate sorry go on <laughs> well as far as it goes i mean i was this i'm going to draw back to egx i was standing standing in a queue and next to me was the rest's like display section there was a bloke on the stage and he was talking about do political games have a place in the world and there were people just sort of standing around sitting there and they openly said no they 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 generally didn't realize that there are that many games out there that have different levels in the way they treat politics there's just basic propaganda stuff which again Deus Ex has in that there is a a a news outlet out uh, in there pikers who are pushing out news that is pretty much completely untrue but they're the main source of news within the game which means that everyone wants it and everyone yep. is taking it on. It'd be like if, for instance, Sky was to buy out all the media in England, um, yeah. because they they take advertising. You you wouldn't necessarily be able to trust. I mean, I already don't trust ITV's news because it's ITV. But with Deus Ex, it's a story that is outstanding as, as a whole. Again, I was a little disappointed by the ending. I feel like the game could, would have benefited from being longer and not having the generic cliffhanger to make the third one in the franchise. The first one didn't have a cliffhanger. It didn't need to have a cliffhanger. The, the first one ended and it was brilliant. And I feel like the new, the third one is just going to be continuing on what happened between the first one and the second one. Considering what happened at the end of the first one and how there is a second one, it a mystery and the way that the story panned through the game about said mystery the third one's going to feature a lot of that yeah well the thing is i think the third one and obviously this has been quite heavily rumored but the third one will be more 2.5 than 3 it, it has been quite heavily rumored that the game has been split into not necessarily only two pieces and it definitely feels like that it definitely feels like because you only really get one actual hub city in this one whereas you got three in human revolution it was a uh, detroit somewhere in china or hong kong hong kong detroit hong kong and something else I can't remember. No, it might actually just be those two i know that you go back to the other hub again a second time now but this one been... kind of has two you kind of can count golem city as a second hub but you're still within the czech republic as far as i'm aware but and pretty much is... every time you're taken away from from prague which you know it's not a spoiler to say that prague is the central city for 
for this game, but pretty much every time you're taken away from Prague, it's for a set couple of things to do, and then back to Prague you go. Apart from, obviously, the end, but the end is the end. You yeah, know, you don't really move go there. back anyway. And actually, the, the thing that struck me, and I was talking to a guy I work with about this, because he also finished over the weekend, so we were we were comparing notes. And the one thing that we both said it was missing that mankind, not mankind, that human revolution had was hints of, or hints towards JC being somewhere in this game. Now, for those that haven't played, JC is who you play as in the original Deus Ex games. He's Adam Jensen before Adam Jensen was a thing. Because obviously, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided are actually set before the original Deus Ex. We get, we, you know, JC was hinted at in the first one. And I really, 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 I didn't, maybe not want him to appear, but I wanted more talk of him in the second one. I, just for fan service, you know. Yeah. You don't have to shoehorn him in to make sure he's in the game, but I, just a little fan service would have been good. I think I'm disappointed in that. The, the cynic in me basically is just sitting waiting for, because we, we're due DLC soon, which obviously will be worth having a, a look at. But the cynic in me is saying sometime in the next couple of months, they're going to announce either a massive standalone uh, add-on, which is going to cost me 30 quid to buy, or they're going to announce Mankind Divided 2, which will piss me off even more. There is story DLC on the way, and because I bought the season pass for it because it's Deus Ex, I'll, you know, the day it comes out, I'll install it, and then when, when wife and kid go to bed, I will sit and play it until like 3 in the morning and then attempt to go to work. I don't envisage me doing any kind of trophy or achievement cleanup for this game, which if, if I'd have said that, or if you'd have told me two years ago that I would have said that about the, the Human Revolution sequel, I probably would have slapped you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you prob- yeah, considering what you was doing with the first one, I think, didn't you try and platinum that one on both consoles? I platinumed it on the PlayStation. I think I got halfway on the 360, and I think I burnt out a little bit. Well, I think it was like half burnt out and half, you know, I've I've spent two months playing the same game. I want to play something else. But yeah, I mean, so that's the Mankind Divided. It's it's really, 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 really good, and I would never say to anybody, don't buy it. I would say to people, if if you love Human Revolution, go in with your expectations ever so slightly lower than you've got them set at the moment. Would be my only advice, really. I think I enjoyed it. Not bad at all. Moving swiftly on, going to spend a bit of time talking about racing games and racing in games and, yeah, racing in games. What's brought this on is uh, a couple of weeks ago, Forza Horizon 3 came out and thought it'd be good to spend a bit of time talking about it and have an excuse to play it for a bit. But well, here's the thing, I'm not really the racing game one out of the pair of us. <laughs> no, that would definitely be me. I am, that would definitely be you. I so. am definitely the racer of the, of the two of us, especially but considering I, the only racing game you're good at, I schooled you at. Well, this is true. By some margin. Yeah, hours and hours in being embarrassed playing Wipeout on the Vita at work. That was not good. So, so I'll tell you what then, mate. So I, I'll, I'll let you take the reins a little bit. Give us a give us a quick rundown on Forza Horizon 3. Okay. Forza Horizon 3, the third iteration of the Horizon side of the Forza thing. The Horizon side, if you've not heard of it, is the free roam online masterpiece from Playground Games. With connection to Turn 10 and with Microsoft, they went out of their way. They created a game that was essentially a racing game 
in an open world environment. Something that Need for Speed had been trying to do since the second Underground game back on the PS2. And it's been really well received as a franchise. I, uh, it was certainly lacking in the first game. You couldn't drive off the road like at all. There was like fences pretty much everywhere you couldn't drive through. So then from that one, the second one came around and there was a full off-road element to it. They put a lot of effort into it and they introduced a lot of off-road vehicles. And now we've got the third iteration set down under in Australia. There's a whole new side of it as well because you've got beaches, which means you can drive in water, which, as people are aware, cars in water doesn't really work too well unless it's a James Bond film. But you can drive along the beaches, you can hit the the shallow sections of the water with your various vehicles, and you can drive from one side of the map to the other. Typical Forza Horizon idea is that you drive around, you open up event points, and you can do races in that area. You do occasional showcases, which involves racing something that seems really inappropriate to be racing against. For instance, a bloke riding a jeep being carried by a helicopter, which I believe is the first one, and the second one is a train. Yeah. Okay. Racing a train. train. But you get to race a train in a muscle car, which just seems illogical. But you're driving along the road, you get to jump over the tracks. Now, a train drives pretty straight and they go in excess of 100 miles per hour. You're driving a muscle car at 130 miles per hour, not in a straight line. Does seem a little unfair in that the train's going to win, but their showcases, it's very difficult to lose because at the very end, it usually involves the train not doing its full speed towards the end for some strange reason, which means that you can then overtake it with a about two seconds to spare, or maybe half a second to spare, I think it was in the end for me. That's kind of cool, though. It's one of those things that makes you feel like a badass when you win it. Oh, yeah. Driving along, and you hit a, hit a straight road, and there's a train going at what appears to be full speed. The, the camera's vibrating, your controller's going mental in your hands, and then you just then you hit 150 miles per hour, and you just start screaming past this train, and you cross the, the, start fin- you cross the finish line eh, about half a second ahead of the train. And the yeah. AI character NPC gives you a nice little quip on uh, you'd be a terrible train driver because you were early. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's like dad joke levels of bad. Yeah. And that's exactly what you get out of Forza Horizon 3. What did you think of it? <laughs> I, I mean, I have to admit, I didn't mind it. The thing that Forza Horizon does for me that Forza doesn't is it's arcadey. Sim racing games, they're not really my thing. I I don't find it interesting to drive around in a circle four times to get ahead of eight people, you know, all of us driving the same Mini Cooper. I don't find it interesting. I, I don't understand how other people find it interesting. Forza Horizon 3, actually, and 3 is probably the closest one for me, but it's it's a level of arcade that I find really, really fun. Unfortunately. Fortunately, for me, that fun, it ran out pretty quick for me. To say I get bored easily at racing games, it's a little bit mean to say it like that because I do, I try and give everything a fair shake and I try and give everything a good go. But race, you know, racing games, they, they have to work a little harder. I'll give you an example. You know, we were talking the other day, I, I bought Project Cars because we said we were going to be talking about racing games. It took longer for the game to install itself in my Xbox than I actually spent playing it. Project I, Cars is a, is a- a pretty I was one of the people who funded it in the first place and I bought it well it was gifted to me because I helped fund it I enjoyed playing it but it definitely had its downfalls and it's too realistic it's definitely designed to have a steering wheel and I imagine if I did have a steering wheel I would 
probably enjoyed playing it a bit more but uh, with you I I didn't play much more past the first couple of uh, series but I tell you what when it comes to sim games and I know this is like the sim in the loosest sense but when it comes to sim racing like track racing games one of the, one of my favorite ones one of the best ones and again I know a lot of people are going to you know assuming they listen to me say this you know a you're going to say gonna Need go, for Speed Pro Street aren't you fuck no <laughs> there we go fuck see no. I've put that one out there so now no one's going to hate you for saying it no but I'm going to say Need for Speed Shift. So everyone's just turned off. Yep. But here's the thing. Need for Speed Shift is made by the same, or was made by the same people that made Project Cars. Yep. That's Made by Slightly Mad Studios. Yeah. And Need for Speed Shift, you know what? I ploughed hours into that. Completely unwittingly. I had no idea I was doing it. I, Me and uh, and another guy from work, uh, who we both used to work with, we literally, night in, night out, used to uh, try and beat each other's best scores or best times around tracks. I had so much fun playing that game. But because it wasn't so horrendously up its own ass, and this is the problem I find with most Sims, Forza is the same for me. Forza Motorsport... After the first couple of races, it goes up, it disappears up its own ass, and I don't have fun anymore. A few years ago, I forced myself to Platinum Gran Turismo 5? I think it was 5? Uh, the one with 24 hour races. That's the one. Yeah. The, at the time that you couldn't pause. <laughs> so that was not fun for me. But I was absolutely determined to fucking do it. And I did. I, I actually, I did that and I was quite, I was chuffed with myself. But I look at it now and go, I can't believe I wasted so much fucking time playing that piece of shit. Uh, so this is where things like Forza Horizon 3 come in for me. It's the kind of game that me as a non-sim racing fan will pick up. Because it's a genre that I've found quite lacking recently with, you know, Need for Speed has gone in a direction that I don't really enjoy anymore. But Burnout's not a thing anymore. Forza Horizon is the closest I get to that kind of fun racing game nowadays, and it's a shame that the shine wore off it a bit quick for me. I don't think, I wouldn't say it's a thing against the game. I'm not its target audience. I know I know plenty of people that will be playing it for, for days and weeks and months on end. It won't be me, sadly. Yeah, I probably won't play it much longer, I'll be honest. I mean, I do enjoy it, but the the online free roam and the, the co-op season mode or whatever it is, is interesting and it's a great addition but it's four player and when you've got you know six friends all owning the same game it's difficult to do four player co-op it's difficult to mix and match the time when everyone's available to to do it so it's the same with any game that features a co-op thing is that it's difficult to set the time for it yeah but it's one of those things that i've said it a million times before i don't my decisions when it comes to playing and buying games doesn't doesn't revolve around co-op and multiplayer and things mainly because i fucking hate people <laughs> i don't i don't want to play with people i don't you know i i you know i'm i'm 30 something years old and it's not to say i'm 30 years old i'm too old to game what i'm too old to do is worry about everybody else's fucking schedule i've got my own schedule to deal with you know if i happen to be on the same time as you gravy if not really don't care that much because i bought the game for the single player so yeah forza a pretty decent game and it's good fun for people who can put the kind of time into it that I just can't right now. <laughs> no. So, uh, so kind of using that as our little segue, and we're going to move on. We're going to do a quick, uh, again, Valkyrie style. We're going to do a quick triple bill. Going to uh, our favourite racing games, or races in games, or racist games, if you can think of any of those. Anything with racing, really. So, you know, whatever you fancy. But what? we'll. I can think of a Do racist game. If you, if you, if you really want to go for a racist racist game, then definitely that, uh, what was it, Call of Juarez? 
I'm almost certain if I boot up Steam now, I can find Ku Klux Klan Simulator. There's That probably exists. It, it must be there. And once we finish recording, I'm going to go and find out. <laughs> make make <laughs> sure to not. link it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll do a, a round robin, a back and forth, three down to one. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, a big favorite of mine. It's from the Nintendo GameCube, and it's Mario Kart Double Dash. So, wow, okay. Yeah, it's probably my favorite of the Mario Kart franchise. It's got all the classic tracks, well, not all of them. It's got a large number of classic tracks from previous Mario Kart games, and yeah. it's a very amusing iteration of the Mario Kart franchise where you get to have the the standard driver and then you have a secondary that you can have in the back of your car that handles the power-ups. Now, yeah. you can swap those two drivers, the driver and the passenger, the co-pilot, around. Depending on who you've got, you can have a special power-up. Now, for some of them, such as the Baby Mario and Baby Luigi, it's a chain chomp, which then drags your car around the track for a bit. Yeah. Before being let loose, and it then attacks all of the enemies as it goes around. Toad and Toadette have a special power-up, which is a super mushroom, which you can then spam to get the boost. Kind of like uh, the N64 version had a very similar thing. Okay. So, I believe another character combination is Boo and uh, P.T. the Plant, and they do a teleporter where they, I think they either swap places with someone in front of in front, or they just... A teleport in front, ghostly style. And it's absolutely probably one of the most fun games. And because you can double up on the power on the power ups, it does mean that you can have nine green shells at once, essentially. And yeah. nothing is more terrifying than trying to drive around the baby park oval when there are green shells flying at you from every fucking direction. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I haven't played that one for quite a while. You know. So I tell you what, for my uh, for my number three, I think I'm going to go. Probably with a long-time favourite and just the, the entire franchise, most of it, anyway. Uh, and I'll go with SSX as a as a racing franchise-ish. Interesting. Well, you know, SSX was one, was one of the first games I picked up on the PS2. When I bought my first PS2, it was one of the first games I bought. And I've even the first one, which was awful. Like, I played it recently, and it is dog shit. But it was so much fun, and it still is fun. And... You know, and you get this. Yeah, you obviously it's it's a silly trick game, so you pull off tricks on your snowboard, and you feel like a badass when you do it. Yeah, every time you win a game, every time you win a race, you you know you feel like you actually beat somebody because they were on your ass the entire way down the mountain. There's you know, but it's not so frustratingly bad that if you lose, you you're not lobbing a controller across the room. You're like, damn, I need to make up a couple of seconds. Let's try again. You know, and the hours I've lost playing SSX, the months I've lost playing SSX, I, you know, it's had a couple of dodgy, uh, dodgy iterations. The the most recent one for the previous generation of consoles, it was just called SSX. You know, EA's gritty reboot with uh, deadly descents and things was not good when it came out. Uh, another one of those games I was really excited about, but. It turned out to be a bit shit. Now, I've played it recently, and it's been fixed well. It's actually now a very good game. Did they add multiplayer um, to that? Because that was definitely an issue that I found for it. Yeah, well, that was the thing. They had no fucking multiplayer. And, you know, Ghosts on a racing game is not multiplayer. Not in this day and age. And they did, they did fix it and put multiplayer in eventually, which helped it a lot. But, you know, they patched it. They made it play better. It's, you know, it's a worthwhile game. And those people that have got 
uh, either still got PS3s and, and 360s or have got an Xbox One and picked it up on backwards compatibility, I would definitely say go back and play it again because it's really, really good. But yeah, my number three, just the series SSX is amazing. So what would uh, rate your number two then? My number two, now, it's not a racing game. Uh, it's Is it a racist game? It's not a racist game. It's probably playing uh, using the word racing in a game very loosely. And it's... Now, it's probably one of the most infamous missions used in the franchise and in gaming in general. It's a mission from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Is it when you steal a bicycle? It's not when you steal a bicycle. But me mentioning that, people are going to be thinking, "I, I think I know exactly what what John's talking about right now, and it's the mission known as Wrong Side of the Tracks. So you're chasing a train. You're tra- chasing a train on a Sanchez motorcycle, <laughs> while Big Smoke is on the back trying to shoot the Vargos on the roof. There's four of them for, the, for him to shoot, and he, let's let's be honest, he's not exactly a very good shot, and the driving mechanics, especially for the motorcycles, is pretty, pretty poor. And yeah. because of that, it makes the game, uh, the mission rather, almost impossible. And it's what gives you the pretty amusing, and you just need to Google it, the, the one phrase of, all we had to do was follow the damn train, CJ. <laughs> You, if yeah. anyone who's played that mission has heard that phrase being uttered, possibly somewhere around about a million times. Yeah, that brings back some memories. So my number two is one that's actually been mentioned. It's been mentioned a couple of times in the because we we have asked people on Twitter and Facebook about racing in games and and things, and this one's come up a couple of times. It's uh, the old micro machines, snares or Sega version. I played the NES version. Ooh. I actually, and I don't know if I'm remembering this wrong or it was just so long ago that I'm, it never happened. But I remember playing Micro Machines on my NES on a really dodgy cart that would only work if you plugged it into another cart. Uh, I'm hoping, actually, that our buddy Matt Lamborn is listening and can tweet me the second he hears this and go, either yes you know what you're talking about, I played it too, or no, you're full of shit, but I'm almost certain. It looked like a Game <laughs> Genie, but instead of being a Game Genie, you plugged it in and it was Micro Machines. I think I might have had like a hooky Japanese fucking NES or something. Yeah, you probably didn't <laughs> have a legitimate copy of whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, Micro Machines on the NES was very good. One of those games, I don't think it holds up very well. If you played it now, you'd probably go, this is a bit shit. But I do have very, very fun nostalgic memories of it and I'm not going to let anybody take those away from me Micro Machines was fucking awesome I, I liked Micro Machines I think I actually had one of the last iterations of Micro Machines on the Playstation 1 which was no, I believe was Micro Machines V3 yeah I think it was called and right. there was also Micro Maniacs which was the, the people running version which I thought yeah. was, that, was, that was pretty cool as well <laughs> I was a clown on that it was weird god <laughs> that is bad alright go on in, mate what's your What's your top one for this uh, this triple bill? Okay, so my number one, it's a contentious one because it's uh, arguing with your number three and I'm going with 1080 Avalanche, another GameCube game. It was probably the best snowboarding game, hands down, ever. It blew SSX out of the water. It's cool. It annihilates cool borders back on the PlayStation. And who the fuck is Sean White snowboarding? Seriously. Well, yeah. Sean White snowboarding was pretty shit. <laughs> this 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 game had like 
the the best courses you could possibly get. You got like you know the usual mountain trails. I mean, you go through a town in one of them. There's even one where you get to ride on a derailed uh, train. It's fucking brilliant. And considering when it was released, it's just possibly one of the greatest snowboarding games I've ever played. The thing is, is it's not just the fact that it's a fantastic snowboarding game. You need to Google this for yourself. It's probably the greatest soundtrack on any game ever. I'm, I mean, not just snowboard, like any game ever. You've got like bands like Finger Eleven and uh, the title, tra- well, the, the 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 track that is the the promoting track for it is by a band called Cauterize. The song is called Choke. The music video is actually on the disc. You can wow. watch it. Yeah, and to make it even more thing, Seether. There are a couple of Seether tracks on it. Yeah, see, yeah, I mean, I remember having a good, good soundtrack. I, I certainly, I wouldn't ever say it was better than SSX, but it was a very good game. Did you ever play Dark Summit back in the day? I don't think so, no. There was a, like a story-based snowboarding game. Uh, it was shit. <laughs> it, it was fucking terrible. And when I tell it was, I tell you who made it, I hope I'm right, it was made by, do you remember Radical Games? Yep, I remember guys, Radical. Guys that made Prototype. Yeah. It was made by them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the guys that made Prototype made a story-based snowboarding game. It's exactly as shit as you're imagining it is. Yeah, I don't but, understand how that would work. It's like having a, a story racing game, like Need for Speed is trying to do. Well, yeah, it's not as, not. as it wasn't quite as shit as the latest Need for Speed is, but, I mean, that's, that's a contentious one. I know a few people quite enjoyed the new Need for Speed. I am... Not one of them. But no, I, I quite... Ant was alright, man. And 1080 was good. And there were quite a few good snowboarding games. Fuck Sean White, he's a dick. But uh, I reckon I can blow all... I can blow the last five games out of the water with my number one. Okay, what is it? There's no, there's no arguing with this. And it is literally my response every time someone says to me, you've got this new racing game, it's really cool. My answer is, is it as good as Burnout Paradise? No, no, no. Nothing will ever be that good. They can no. make another Burnout game and it won't be Burnout Paradise. Exactly. This is, you know, there will be... And, you know, considering I don't play racing games, I played that game. I must have clocked in 150 hours on that game. I couldn't stop playing it. And, you, I mean, you want to talk about soundtracks? It's got a fucking killer soundtrack. Yeah, you know? glad it does. It's got every... It's got great racing. It's got really good AI. It's got... You know, fantastic events. It's it's really varied. It's not got such a really shitty difficulty curve that you get to the halfway mark and can't fucking go on anymore. It's literally, for me, it is the perfect racing game. And I don't want a new Burnout. I don't want, you know, new Need for Speed. I, I just want Burnout Paradise on my Xbox One, please. Well, I'll die a happy man. <laughs> with, a, with a little bit of luck, Burnout Paradise got an Xbox 360 release, so it could go backwards compatible. Yeah. I do, I do hope so. You know, it had a shitload of really good DLC. It had, you know, it, it had an entire new massive map as DLC in uh, Big Surf Island, which was awesome. You know, it had motorbikes. It had, it had stupid cars that were basically movie cars, but not quite because they couldn't get the license. Uh, they had a, a DeLorean, didn't they? Well, it had a DeLorean. It had an Ecto One. It had a shit made. Major Lee? General Lee. Dukes of Hazzard? General Lee, thank you. Uh, General Lee from Dukes of Hazard. It had a bit of everything. And, you know, it was such a fun game to play. It was a fun game to do in co-op. You know, it was one of the few games that I've really enjoyed playing with, you know, seven other random people. It was just a buttload of fun. I can't 
I can't sing the praises of Burnout Paradise enough. And until someone makes a, a racing game better than that, you won't catch me buying any racing games. Bless them, EA have tried to, to re- rekindle the fire of the Burnout games. And they've released a couple of Need for Speed games that have been essentially Burnout. There was, what was the one that actually had takedowns in it? it was, um, Hot Pursuit? Yes, Hot Pursuit. Hot Pursuit, Hot Pursuit. I really liked Hot Pursuit. And most wanted the most wanted remake a couple of years later the run had takedowns because i i absolutely remember driving through the very like the 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 one of the four tracks that they actually had on it that you only raced on once instead of like backwards forwards and different tiny sections and i remember it being a a one-on-one race and i won just because i took the other car out on the first corner yep yeah i think it was most it was hot pursuit then the run, then most wanted. They all had takedowns in. I don't know if the new one, new one, it's a couple of years old now. I don't know if the latest one has. I haven't played it enough. I got to the first bit of FMV and then literally I put my controller down and went, nope, not <laughs> doing this. I'd, you know, I don't, completely pointless as well because I had to come back and turn it off. I, I just put my controller down and got up and walked away. Literally, I'm, I'm not dealing with this shit. This is fucking ghastly. But, you know, Need for Speed went in a decent direction with, with Hot Pursuit. I didn't like the run. I thought it was because it was story and it was story based. I think I finished the entire fucking game in like two hours, which is annoyingly awful. Uh, Most Wanted wasn't bad. They haven't quite, you know, Need for Speed haven't quite hit a, a high mark for me recently. And again, it just ain't Burnout Paradise. No, and no game ever will be Burnout Paradise. Even if they were to remake and re-release Burnout Paradise, people would look at it and say, it's not Burnout Paradise. But people keep trying, you know. Like, like we said, Forza Horizon 3, it has that feel about it with the way it, the way it's made and the way it, it does its its events and things. It just it didn't keep me interested. What I, I tell you, you know, the last thing I'll say about Burnout Paradise and what I think sets it apart from everything else is it cares about the gameplay more than it cares about licensing the latest fucking Bugatti or the latest Lamborghini. I couldn't care less about what cars the game's got in it, as long as they drive fun and they, you know, and they're fun to play. That's all I care about. You don't need Stop. to know what car it is that you're driving if you're driving it off of a ramp and smashing into stuff for a crash event. This is my point, you know. It's the thing green is like, and it's got four wheels. That that's all you needed to know. Let people play their Sims for, you know, want to drive a Bugatti around in a circle. You know, you you want to take a, you know, Golf GTI around the Nuremberg Ring because you can't take your golf gti around the nuremberg ring go for it that's what forza's for that's what gt's for i'm all good with that but a good fun open world game i couldn't care less about the maker car spend less money getting your your licensed cars and spend more time making a fun game so should we uh real quick before we before we fuck off for the night should we go through some because obviously we asked like we we did last the other week on twitter and facebook for for suggestions for ideas for anything racing related should yeah. we uh Go, go through some answers. Uh, uh, Andy Orcock, the guy that done our, our very core artwork, he said micro machines. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one where you raced on a pool table, a school desk, and the little boats in the bath. Yeah, man. Micro machines was awesome. Uh, we have Paul at Pafsa, who has just sent us an, a picture of a Super Sprint arcade machine with three steering wheels on, trying to convince me that drifting the cars was an art form. No. <laughs> uh... No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so what about uh, so Lee Loveridge just said split second. So that's was that the Disney one? I think that was the Disney one. I think wasn't that the one they introduced? Um, the HUD was on the the back of the car, 
instead of yeah, I think so. instead of like all over the screen. So you only had to look at the car. You didn't have to spend ages looking at things all around your car, which yeah. is kind of not race. There's no point driving along and doing a racing game when you're staring at the top left hand corner to see where the next corner is or something. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I remember Split Second being alright. We have uh, Nate Wilcox who said Burnout Paradise, obviously. Yeah, it's a classic. Uh, he also says Project Cars is the best sim. I'm, I'm, I'll take your word for it. As, well, it as far as pretty... Sims go, it probably is one of the best out there. It's it's on console anyway. It's no R factor. Okay. Uh, Dirt Rally said is immense. Forza Five and Six are okay. F1 2016 deserves a mention. A massive step forward. You play the F1 games, don't you? I have. I do love the F1 games, and uh, 2016 is what 2015 should have been. 2015 should not have been released. They should have. They didn't need to release it. It was definite cash in. It was actually less of a game than what 2014 was. It didn't have a career mode. The multiplayer was very basic. It was literally you get to do race as one of the drivers on the grid, and you couldn't save seasons together. So wow. it, was, it was 15 was awful, and okay. I can't believe it was actually allowed to go gold. Okay, bloody hell. Yeah, but 2016 is is better. There's a seven year seven yeah seven year career mode where you get to to race and develop a car, so you're not restricted to being the the same shitty back marker throughout the entire season and continue to be that shitty back marker. You can improve that car based on what you do in practice sessions. So yeah, it's a massive step forward, and that's probably why it's deserving of a mention for. Racing games. Fair enough. Uh, our illustrious leader, Mr. Owen Hughes, has said, literally just left us a note that said, Mario Kart, motherfucker. Yep. Just Mario Kart. I'll let him have Mario Kart in general. I know you picked one for your for your triple build. Most Mario Karts I've picked up and played have been shitload of fun. Oh, that's I think that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, our, ret- <laughs> our local retro gaming expert, that isn't Paul, <laughs> uh, Matt Lamborn has said Scud Race. Scud Race is my unicorn. You just never see it anymore. Now, I don't know if you ever came across Scud Race. Scud Race, I only ever played it in a cab and it was hard as balls and I, I really liked it. Uh, <laughs> I've not played it for years. Another one of those I used to play down you know, the local swimming pool and local town centre back in the day, but not anymore. Uh, Ridge Racer, probably the most impactful racer I've played. The Ridge Racer hasn't really gotten a mention so far tonight. I think, I don't know about you, I, I, I'm i not a fan, like, at all. Certainly not impressive with the most recent iteration of Ridge Racer. Was that Rage Racing? Uh, they're I roughly the know. same game. Uh, so hard Driving is probably my least favourite. I don't know Hard Driving. And has asked if Desert Bus counts as a racer. Now, I had to Google Desert Bus, and apparently it's a thing where you drive Penn and Teller around on a bus. So my answer is, fuck no. Just absolutely not. Uh, because Penn and Teller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack, our buddy Jack Wilcock, has said, uh, did enjoy Drive Club and looking forward to Drive Club VR. We mentioned Drive Club VR a bit earlier. Um, I'm a bit worried about that. Drive Club, we also mentioned earlier, worth, you know, it's, it's always in the sale now on PS4. So you could do worse than to pick it up. You know, it's it's not bad. Of the sim games that are around at the moment, I I would probably pick it up and play it again. It was poorly marketed in the first place because it was poorly released in the first place. Well, it was it was it was really well marketed. I think that was the problem. It was really well marketed, but the game was broken, fundamentally broken. You know, we're not talking. 
oh, I couldn't play it, it must be broken. We're talking it was actually broken. It didn't work. The servers weren't online when it came out. They had to gradually do very slow rolling server switch on so they wouldn't overload. You know, it was promised as a PS Plus game on release. Ah, uh, yes, the, the, the elusive, if you've got PS Plus, you get a, a version yep. of this game that's almost complete and then you can upgrade whenever you like. Yep, you would, we were supposed to get the PS Plus version free the day it came out. I think it was about six months later we actually got it. By that point, the full version had been on sale for about £18 and I bought it. You know, it just a disastrous mess of a launch. And while I don't think it will be as bad for the VR version, it does look like someone doesn't have much faith in their game. I I look forward to seeing how that, that rolls out. Someone's going to take a shovel to it, I think. Yes, yes they are. I can't wait to see it. There are a couple of people that I really am looking forward to seeing review it. I can't wait. Uh, would you consider GTA a driving game at all? Well, we, you know, we had... Your, your CJ mission, didn't we? Yep, I had that mission. Uh, so, yep, I guess GTA, GTA counts. There's, yeah. there's, there are races, in there are GTA races, in fact. There's there's a yep. whole multiplayer side to it involving racing. Yep, so yeah, that's okay. Including uh, the more recent about... DLCs. Uh, well, Expansions yeah. was the, the racing one. Yeah, true enough. Uh, and he said, what about Rocket League? No. no Rocket, Rocket League is not a fucking racing game at all. It's, it's a soccer game with cars. And it's basketball. And ice hockey. Yeah. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Uh, Nate Wilcox again Micro Machines obviously we've mentioned that already a couple of times Taxi I don't know Taxi maybe it means Crazy Taxi if he means Crazy Taxi then for sure <laughs> uh, does he mean the one that the film was based on or that was based on the film maybe? both way either I, way I, I don't, don't know, know it. Uh, and it's something Driver. for a future show about games and films Yes, yes it is. And Driver, which, eh, if we let you have GTA, I think we can let you have Driver. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. I, I, I only played the third one, and it wasn't that good. The Driver, I enjoyed the early Driver games. I didn't like San Francisco, but that's, I just didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't enjoy my time with it at all. But I think, my friend, I think, I think that, that's that covers ev- everyone who's decided to, to spam us with random shit. I'm, you know what, mate. The more random shit, the better. Uh, you know, we uh, we, we literally, can only... <laughs> if, if people didn't listen to the show and didn't interact with us, it would just be you and me talking, and we don't need to record that. So, should we? Uh, I think more or less time to wrap up. Yeah. Yes, we got. Uh, have you got a recommendation for for people listening? Freebies. Yep, I've got anywhere. I've got a freebie, or rather, it's a if you've got an Xbox One and therefore you've and you've also got EA access. They added the uh, PopCat. Pop cap uh, arcade titles, which include Heavy Weapon, Bejeweled 2, Bejeweled 3, Feeding Frenzy, Feeding Frenzy 2, and Zuma. All for free right now. Cool. Nice. I will. Uh, my recommendation is not topical for this show, but for the next show, because in a couple of weeks we'll be recording uh, the week before Halloween, and the show will be going up what would really be Halloween weekend. So our next show is going to be a little bit horror based. We haven't decided what we're going to do yet, the but it's going to be yeah, it's going to be about horror games in some form or another. Uh, so in preparation for that, you've got a couple of weeks. The HD remake of Resident Evil has just gone onto PlayStation Plus for the Ooh, PS4. That's yeah, first Resident Evil. It is Resident Evil One. Completely remade in HD. You can have and an it's HD free on PlayStation Plus. Yes, you can have an HD dual sandwich. And it's the the from what I gather, I've not. It's installed. It's ready for me to play. Literally, after I'm done with Gears, I'm gonna have a couple of weeks of just horror games prepping for for the next show. So that that's on there as well. But yeah, from what I gather, the uh, dialogue is just as fucking bad. But can't be that bad. 
I'll give it a go, and I think everybody else should too. What what could you know what could possibly go wrong? It's Resident Evil. You yeah, know, it's early Resident Evil. Even the shittiest Resident Evil games, you know, worth a play. Six. <laughs> well, you're true, but you know, seven looks to be bringing it back. So you never know, mate. You never, never know. But I think we're all uh, that's us done yeah. for another. another what should be for what shouldn't that be a fortnight? So obviously I dicked around with edits and things for the last one. So yeah. this will be out a week after the first one. But we're aiming to be fortnightly after this. So I, I'm you know, sure a, we can manage fortnightly. It's not difficult. I'm sure. I hope so. We should we should be all right. But yeah. Uh, so you got a couple of weeks without us, and until then, mate, where can where can people find you? All right. Uh, as usual, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the John underscore CU. Uh, on Facebook, I'm John Miller. There's a, probably a lot of people out there called John Miller on Facebook. It's a pretty common name. And on Xbox Live, it's Long Dong Silver. Cool. Uh, I am at Brooker411 on Twitter. I'm Troublemaker411 on Xbox and PlayStation. And if you can't find me anywhere else, you will find me almost certainly writing for or talking movies with the Fail Critics guys when I'm not podcasting here. So, uh, yeah. So for a couple of weeks, I think we're all good. And we uh, see you in a fortnight. Thank you very much for listening. Character Unlock was presented by Andrew Brooker and John Miller, with music provided with permission from Miracle of Sound from the track A Dog's Life. Character Unlock is recorded for Failed Critics and is a part of the Failed Media Network of Podcasts, along with Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights and the Failed Critics Film Podcast. And you can check us out at failedcritics.com or find us on Twitter at Character Unlock. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.